John likes tech and lives in Indiana, you know. Kevin likes the Dodgers and talks on the radio. John plays games on Xbox and on his Nintendo. While Kevin runs around LA with his mustachio, it's the Lack of Genius Podcast. In your ear holes at last. They don't know they're Mars and Venus, that's why it's the Lack of Genius Podcast. Howdy, John. Hey, Kevin. If you're a fan of movies, this might be the podcast for you, the, the, specifically the episode. It is. I, we sometimes talk about what it is that we really <clears throat> like about our podcast, and I like that we jump around from topic to topic, and mm-hmm. um, we never stay too stagnant on one thing. But yeah, this one is uh, this one we're talking about our favorite directors, just to jump right yeah. off the bat with it. I don't know about you, John. I don't consider myself a movie buff. Like, I... I'm definitely not the type of person who can quote movies. I'm definitely not the type that like thinks, oh, this is the greatest movie ever and you all have to like it or like, you know, I don't know. I'm not, I don't put myself in that category. I say that because like, I'm approaching this quiz today as a fan of my director. Quentin Tarantino is the director. We're doing favorite directors. I'm doing Quentin Tarantino. I'm a fan of these movies. I'm a fan of his movies. That's the approach I'm coming from. What's your, I guess, what's your experience with movies and who are you uh, and who are you doing? Um, I mean, my experience with movies is I enjoy most types of movies. Not a huge fan of horror movies. Oh, yeah. I'll even, you know, sit and watch a foreign movie if the theme is, you know, something I would enjoy. Even if it's got subtitles, I'm not one that cares if there's subtitles or not. I can read and watch at the same time. Yeah. Multitasking. (laughs) Right, <laughs> but there there are movies that I can quote, maybe not line for line, but you know I can make movie references. You know I hate going to the theater by myself. I, uh-huh. I really think it's the theater is a communal thing. But you know I also enjoy watching movies at home by myself too. So yeah, and you're who who are you doing today? What what director are you doing? Guy Ritchie. You, you know, and you said that you know that's kind of unfamiliar waters uh, for you. Yes, I'll admit. I'm not a big Tarantino fan. Oh, okay. See, I was going to ask you. Wh- and so you're not a big fan. Uh, Have you seen many Tarantino movies? I, I've seen quite a few of them. Okay, gotcha. and you know, I there's a couple that I enjoy, like Inglorious Bastards. Was you know, I enjoy that movie. Uh huh. I see why people enjoy his movies. I'm just not a a big fan of it. Yeah, I I see. I think of Tarantino movies as very polarizing. I think that's why I like them because. Mm-hmm. I like to see anything that's just different. For whatever reason, I'm like, this is different right. than what I'm used to seeing on a big screen. And I like that. It just gives me a different experience. You know, his his movies, uh, you know, my own biggest critique of them is that sometimes their scenes are just long and drawn out and there's so much dialogue. And the way I was thinking about it earlier is he isn't one to trim the fat. And and I I use that term sort of in, in like an editing term. Like even when I edit this podcast, you know, we're, we're taught in the editing world to trim the fat. You trim out the things you don't really need to push the mm-hmm. story forward. If, if it doesn't actually push the story forward, you don't need it, then, then you cut it out. Tarantino right. leaves those things in and he somehow makes it, in my opinion, he makes he does that for the better. Like it allows it allows things to marinate a little longer. And so, mm-hmm. um, anyways, that's just that's literally just one aspect of why some people might not like Tarantino movies. But I get I get you not liking them. Why you know why you might not? So, yeah, I mean, I'm not saying that they're bad movies. Yeah, I don't know. Sometimes they're too over the top, maybe. Which you know is kind of funny because you could consider Guy Ritchie movies to be sometimes over the top because they're very. A lot of them are very fast action switch, you know, views or even entire scenes like super quick. But I mean, I enjoy the humor in it. Like there's a lot of humor in his movies and some of them are pretty deep and, you know, kind of make you think and others are just fun. So I don't know. 
Well, I'll I'll tell you how unprepared I am for this Guy Ritchie quiz. I'm sure that I've seen Guy Ritchie movies. I can't name a Guy Ritchie movie from right now. I, I couldn't tell you what a Guy Ritchie movie is. Probably one of the biggest ones, and probably one that you've seen, is he did the Sherlock Holmes movies with Robert Downey Jr. and Jude Law. Oh, I did not see them, but yes. <laughs> he also did uh, The Man from U.N.C.L.E., which didn't do that well, but I thought it was a fun movie. Okay, all right. No, I haven't seen that. He did the live-action Aladdin. I saw that. There we go. I got we. It, it just took getting to Will Smith and Aladdin for me to for me to see a Guy Ritchie I've, movie. I've seen bits and pieces of the live action one, but I actually haven't seen the whole thing. Oh, uh, gotcha. So. I, you know, I remember. I remember being entertained. I remember being entertained yeah. when I left the theater, which is all I could ask for. Okay, all right. So I've seen a Guy Ritchie movie. The point I was going to say about Tarantino is that, like, I wouldn't consider myself um, a fan of violence. I don't really like mm -hmm. violent movies. I would say, yet. Tarantino's films have some of the most violent, gory, and like you said, John, over-the-top violent scenes that in, in movie history. And for me, I think the the over-the-topness of it is what makes it more watchable for me because it almost makes it cartoon-like. And ironically, in Kill Bill, I, have you seen Kill Bill? Mm -hmm. um, you know, there's literally- um, I've seen parts of it. Well, there's literally yeah. an animated- segment that is right. crazy violent it, it literally is a cartoon you know mm -hmm. so like there's something about that that makes it more almost i don't know if this is tarantino's intent or but like almost like a parody of violence it's like look at how ridiculous this is and people are going to watch this and love this and i'm one of them and i don't know it makes me feel like i'm less of a supporter of violence <laughs> when i think that <laughs> way but yeah I, I totally agree with you on that well, cool, man. Um, yeah, I'm excited. We're going to get into Tarantino. Yeah. We're going to get into Guy Ritchie, but we're going to tidy up some things first. Yes. Mm -hmm. Here we go. Tidy up before we go, go any further with the show, show. Tidy up before we go, go fix our mistakes tonight. I want to get it right. All right, John, you um, you helped us get a an excellent, well, what I ended up dubbing the month before April madness bracket, because <laughs> we can say the word March Madness all we want. That's not illegal. Yeah. But when we use it in a way that is giving out a prize or putting on an event, then we cannot use it. So that's why we couldn't call it, uh, we couldn't use the word March Madness in our name. But uh, no. yeah, we put together a nice little bracket. As of this airing, we're going into the second weekend of, of where we're at. So wh where are we at in the standings yeah. on that? So far, Brooke is in uh, first place. Well, actually we've got a tie for first between Brooke and Matt. And then Jeff, our uh, wonderful logo designer, uh, is in third, I'm in yes. fourth, and then Shannon is fifth, Catherine is sixth, and then we've got a three-way tie for seventh with <laughs> Uncle Dale, Emily, and you. That's me, last place, baby. <laughs> me and Uncle Dale and Emily. And the ironic thing is Uncle Dale was, was chatting us a little bit during the pre-show, which was nice. And then Emily sent me a text like two days ago because she was in first place. And she was like, I am going to cherish this moment forever. It's not going to last long. Um, so, yeah, that's exciting. Thank you to everyone who is who signed up for our month before April Madness bracket. And the winner, obviously, if John and I win, we are not included in this. The winner will get the first ever Lack of Genius T-shirt. So that's what we're doing. And we're hoping to do more fun things like this down the line. So if you didn't yeah. get in on this one, we will incorporate more things. Yeah. I didn't really have a tidy up from last week other than I was really excited that I got to use 
one of my facts from the St. Patrick's Day episode. Um, we learned in the St. Patrick's Day episode that the odds, do you remember the odds of finding a, uh, a four-leaf clover, John? It was like one in 10,000 or one something. One in 10,000, like yes. And we also learned that it's technically a one-leaf clover because they are leaflets. Right. So it's a four-leaflet clover, technically. So I was on a walk with my dogs in my neighborhood, and there was a dad and his two young kids. They were probably like seven and ten playing catch with their gloves it was like oh yeah spring is here this is awesome and the little one of the, the probably seven-year-old comes up to me and he says you have the coolest mustache ever and it was and he was very talkative and he was very sweet and so <laughs> i don't know how saint patrick's day came up but he was like my dad found a four-leaf clover and and he says yep it was my first one ever you know and i i had a moment with him because i said on the podcast I've been wanting to find a four-leaf clover forever and he's like yeah this is literally my first one and then i felt like i felt kind of like an I don't know. I felt kind of like a loser because I mean, I shouldn't say loser, but I was like, you know, the odds of finding one are one in 10,000. And <laughs> and I realized it wasn't the most conversational thing to say because he didn't really know how to respond to that other than, oh, is it <laughs> like, oh, really? Uh, so that was very funny. The other thing, the funny thing that happened was kind of to, to me and to his kids collectively, he said, he said, and I, so I found my first four leaf clover and we just caught our first leprechaun, didn't we boys? Like, yeah, we caught him. And, you know, so they, so dad helped them catch a leprechaun. And I had that same experience as a kid where I, I, I think we tried to catch a leprechaun as a kid. I don't know that we ever mm -hmm. did, but I shared that story. And I walked away and I was smiling, thinking, oh, that's so cute. You know, the dad and the kids finding a leprechaun together. And then my mind went to, what if that nice man has a little person tied up in his garage right now? <laughs> And he was not joking at all. <laughs> and I'm sitting there like, oh, that's so cute. You guys caught your leprechaun. <laughs> and he's really a, a, a psychopath little person killer. Like, what do we do with that? It's time to take a quiz or two. Like a genius podcast doing this for you. You may fail, but it ain't no lie, baby. It's quiz time. Don't really want this quiz to be tough. I just want to pass one because I failed enough. It might sound crazy, but it ain't no lie, baby. It's quiz time. You know, when you were talking about having a little person tied up in their basement or something, <laughs> I, I, I just wanted to make a Pulp Fiction reference. Yes. <laughs> yeah. it, it all ties back, right? It the, does. Uh, the, uh, the gimp is uh -huh. that, that character is referred to as, yes. So, may, yeah, maybe he's, a, maybe he's a Tarantino fan and he unfortunately learned a thing or two. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So is Pulp Fiction one of the Tarantino movies you have seen? It is, yeah. Okay, cool. Good to know. Well, you are going to get us started with Guy Ritchie, and then mm -hmm. we're going to jump into Tarantino. So let's, uh, I guess we'll just jump right in. Yeah, I, I figured we'd, we'd start with an easy one. Let's see. Where is Guy Ritchie from? Oh. Scotland, Canada, England, or the U.S.? Yeah, I, it's funny because I don't I don't know very much about Guy Ritchie, but I am pretty sure he's Scottish. I'm pr I can picture him speaking and having a Scottish accent, or maybe he's English. Gosh, is he English? Wait. Maybe he's English. Oh my gosh. Wow. English, England is probably the obvious choice. But because, yeah, oh man, dang it, John. I just screwed myself so bad. I, I got to choose Scotland because I came in so strong about Scotland that I'm going to regret it if it's right and I don't choose it. So I'm choosing Scotland. He's English. Is he it English? is England. Oh my God. Yeah. I saw Scotland uh, and I didn't see England. So I was like, okay, it's obviously Scotland. And then, all right, all right. No, I mean, it's not even. 
I almost put UK, but oh. technically it's England. Like, uh, okay. because I, I wrote Scotland and I'm like UK. And then I'm like, no, Scotland is a part of UK. Yeah. Um, he was born in, uh, Hatfield, Hertfordshire, England. Oh, yeah, that's very English. <laughs> it is. Yeah, I mean, he's got, you know, his parents had split and then remarried. His dad married a baroness and um, his mom married a baronet. What is it? What we, I don't know what a baroness and a baronet is other than, no, I don't barons. know. They're barons. Like, they're nobles. Oh, like, like sir and lady. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Oh, that's, so they're legit. Yeah. Aristocratic yeah. title. Oh my gosh. Oh wait, so who was who was a baron and baroness in his family? Uh his step parents. His step parents were <laughs> both of his okay. parents remarried and married into Oh, they they married up. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Wow. So he's got yeah. a little he doesn't really have royal blood per se or whatever. No. Or, well, and, and like his stepmother it has what's called a life peer, a life peerage, not a uh hereditary peerage. Um like hereditary would be like, you know, the queen and then, you know, Prince Charles and Prince William and so yes, on. Yes, yes. Uh, a life peer is just for that person's life. Oh. Um, so it doesn't get passed on. Got it. Got it. Very interesting. Wow. So he's next in line to be king of England is what you're saying. No. <laughs> Nowhere near that. <laughs> All right. Well, do you have more for us on Guy Ritchie's? Uh, uh, that's all I got for now. On, on our Royal Highness Guy Ritchie. All right. <laughs> I'm going to jump into number one on Quentin Tarantino, and it's about his films. How many films has Quentin Tarantino directed? And I'll tell you, I'm not doing anything fishy here. This isn't like mm -hmm. uh, including college projects. This is, you know, major feature films. How many has Quentin Tarantino directed? Eight, nine, 10, or 11? I believe it's 11 because I think he said that he's going to do 13 and that's it. And I think he's only a few away. And I'm honestly kind of scared of the fact that he wants to do a Star Trek movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't that. know how I feel about that. Yeah. But yeah. I believe the answer is 11 now. That's your final, final choice? Yeah. That is incorrect it's 10 it is 10 uh, you, you are sort of right on what you're saying yeah there is some there are some talks about a star trek but he also has a ton of like projects kind of in the works so i mm -hmm. who knows what'll happen the correct answer is 10 he has done 10 movies now you were right about how he has a limit but the limit he says he's going to retire after his 10th movie so if you're like me you're saying well wait so he's already done 10 here are the 10 movies he's done. Reservoir Dogs, Pulp Fiction, Jackie Brown, Kill Bill Volume 1, Kill Bill Volume 2, Death Proof, Inglorious Bastards, Django Unchained, The Hateful Eight, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I was counting on my fingers that whole time and I came up with 10. Those are his 10 movies. Tarantino mm -hmm. considers Kill Bill 1 and 2 to be one, one film together. Yeah, they yeah. are separate films. They were released one year apart from each other. They had separate box office numbers. They had separate mm -hmm. nominations, but he considers that to be- One story. Yeah, one story. So he's done nine. So according to him, he wants to retire at 10. So he wants to do one more uh, because he feels that directors wane off towards the end of their career and he doesn't want to end his career on a horrible movie. So um, that is his plan. We'll see if he sticks to it. Yeah, there was a Star Trek movie in the works. I think there was a Kill Bill three like that's being worked on but i don't think i get the feeling neither of those will be his 10th movie i, I no. think i think it'll be something more unique uh so we'll see but yeah 10, ten yeah. under his belt so far and i've seen the majority of those i think actually so no, as i listed them off, them you're like, off. Yeah, yeah cool the only one i have not seen now is death proof uh which was part of the robert uh, roadhouse yep, yeah exactly 
But yeah, Death Proof I hadn't seen, and not until I put this quiz together did I realize that that was a Tarantino movie. So mm-hmm. um, the only two I hadn't seen as of 24 hours ago were Jackie Brown and Death Proof. I watched Jackie Brown last night, so now I'm 9 out of 10. Yeah, I'm not sure if I've seen Jackie Brown or not. I feel like I have, but I think Grindhouse was better than Death Proof. I'll have to yeah. watch both. They're not my typical kind of movie, like the Robert... I, Robert Rodriguez, I think, visually is, is very stunning, but mm-hmm. I've never been that into his movies. He's very versatile, too. Oh, I mean, the fact that he did Spy Kids. Oh, that's right. He did Spy Kids. Yeah, that's very <laughs> different than these. <laughs> so there you go. I, I'll get more into some of these movies as we go on. But uh, mm-hmm. there you go. Ten movies under his belt. What was Guy Ritchie's first film? Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels. Snatch, Aladdin, or The Gentleman? Now, am I allowed to ask you whether all of these are actually Guy Ritchie films? They are all Guy Ritchie films. Okay, because... When you said Lock, Stock, and Two... When, when you said Guy Ritchie, that style of movie is what came to mind. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad that I was at least in the wheelhouse. Yeah. I know Aladdin wasn't his first because that was only a few years ago. The gentleman, I don't think I'm even familiar with. And I don't know between Snatch and Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels which came out first. My memory tells me... Oh, man. My memory tells me that they're both like late 90s movies, maybe early 2000s, but that I could be wrong on that. I am going to choose Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels only because that's the film I have the most familiarity with and uh, I don't have much other logic so that's what I'm going with yeah Kevin Correct. yep yeah it's lock stock and two smoking barrels that was his first film uh, that came out in 98 and then uh, snatch came out in 2000 okay so I was right um, in the, yeah for yeah. some reason that late high school time for me those those the imagery sticks with me but I never I never saw those mm-hmm. movies. Yeah, I mean, and I guess I should say that it's his first feature length film. Yeah, yeah, um, S- same with Tarantino. He had other yeah. projects, but yeah. So, yeah, Lock Talks, Lock Stock and Two Smoking Barrels, um he's the one that made Jason Statham a known person along with Vinnie Jones, um which you may not know that name, but if you see a picture of him, you're like, "Oh, that's him." He was a footballer. He's the one that's like uh, bashing the guy's headed with the door. Oh yeah, uh, totally. From the movie. Yeah. yeah, you you. Um, there's literally no way to describe how you would know this guy, but yeah, if you Google his face, you're like, you oh know yeah, him. that guy. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, Jason Statham got big because of Guy Ritchie, and then you know, Snatch came out, like I said, two years later, and that's kind of what really put Guy Ritchie out on the map in the U.S. Like Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels did really good in England in the UK and it did pretty well here in the U S from what it looked like, but snatch with Brad Pitt and, you know, Jason Statham and, you know, just all a bunch of big names. You know, if you got Brad Pitt in a movie, then it's probably going to do well. Yeah. Yep. By the way, Vinnie Jones, the most recognizable role that I'm seeing him in, he was the juggernaut in the X-Men movies. He literally played the juggernaut. That's right. And he's, I forgot he about that. humongous in it. That's where I knew his face from right away. I was like, Oh yeah, I know that face. Yeah. So, and then The Gentleman came out in the last year or so. It has Matthew McConaughey in it. It went back to his roots of British crime gangs and stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I remember seeing that. Yes, yeah. I, I remember seeing that. Um, it's got previous. Charlie Hunnam in it, uh-huh. and it's a fantastically funny movie. I mean, it's an action movie, but it's it's got that humor in it as well. And cool. Matthew McConaughey is pretty good in it. All right, good to know, man. I got some catching up to do in terms of yeah. Guy Ritchie films. Oh, and actually, there's one that just came out on Friday that I didn't even know about uh-huh. until I was doing stuff. What's it called? Uh, it is called Operation Fortune Ruse de Guerre. Oh, my gosh. Um, yeah, it's got Jason Statham, Aubrey Plaza, Josh Hartnett, Carrie oh. Ellis, Bugsy Malone, Hugh Grant, all actors that 
and actresses that I enjoy watching. Bugsy Malone is a British a British rapper and actor. Do you know the British rapper Stormzy by chance? I see that he's um, connected with him, like they collaborate together. No. One of my jobs, I play a lot of British rap. Stormzy is a great British. If you've never listened to British rap, I would suggest starting with Stormzy, spelled with a Z, Storm Z Y, Stormzy. And then Aubrey Plaza's in this new movie. I have the biggest mm -hmm. crush on Aubrey Plaza. I, I would love to marry her someday. Um, so <laughs> just going to put that out there. Well, and, and you know who Carrie Ellis is. No, I don't. As you, as you wish, Princess Bride. Oh yeah, yeah. He, uh, you know what I know him from is uh, Robin Hood Men in Robin Tights. Hood. Yeah, he, that's that, every time I see him in, and he was in the Saw movies. Mm -hmm. He was the main guy in Saw. Yes, but anytime I see that face, instantly it's Robin Hood Men in Tights. That's that's mm -hmm. what he will forever be known for in my head. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll see the movie, John. You twisted my arm. All right, you are 0 for 1 to start in Tarantino. I'm 1 for 2 oh, with yeah. Guy Ritchie. Let's see how you do in number 2 with Tarantino. What is Tarantino's highest grossing box office film? So just in the box office. Is it Pulp Fiction, Kill Bill Volume 1, Django Unchained, or Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? I don't think it's Pulp Fiction, even though it had big names in it. That's towards the beginning of his career, and I think it's more of a cult hit than anything. I know Kill Bill was huge. Django Unchained was huge. And, you know, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood was pretty big, but I don't think it was as big as the uh, the previous two. Mm. I think I'm going to go with Kill Bill Volume 1. Kill Bill is what you're going to go with? Yep. All right, John. Kill Bill is incorrect. Django Unchained, number one. Yeah, this was a little bit of a tough question because all of these were pretty high up in his in his. So the top five Tarantino movies: number one, Django Unchained, four hundred and forty nine million. Uh, then Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is number two. Inglorious Bastards, number three. Pulp Fiction, number four. Kill Bill Volume One, number five. Yeah, Pulp Fiction, I think I would have agreed with you that it was more of a cult. But when I look at two hundred twelve million in the box right? office from ninety. Five or 94 when that came out that's pretty freaking good so yeah i think in a weird way it was a huge box office hit but also then somehow it, disappeared and then came yeah back. disappeared and then came back like young yeah. people who didn't see it in the mid 90s saw it as once they got old enough or whatever um right so yeah i think you're kind of right in that in that regard um all right so you're now over two i'm one for two yep. uh number three on guy Ritchie, right yeah, I mean, unlike Tarantino, I don't know if Guy Ritchie has a set number of movies that he's going to make. Uh -huh. um, but so far, counting the one that just came out on Friday, there are 13 movies. He is currently working on a 14th. Cool. And, you know, I mentioned that Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels was kind of the first movie that Jason Statham was ever in and, you know, made him be the big star he is today. Of Guy Ritchie's 13 movies, how many of them has Jason Statham been in? Wow. Eight, three, five, or two? I don't know if it's that I'm a bad listener, that I have a bad memory, or both. I think it's both. I can't even remember if you said that Jason Statham is going to be in this new movie. You just said it like four minutes ago. I'm pretty sure you said he is not going to be. I, I don't think you said his name. <laughs> um, 13 movies. How many with Jason Statham? I'm not going to choose eight. That's the high one. I'm tempted to choose five. It probably is what I'm going to pick because you, I think probably popular consensus is he's been in a lot of them, but I, that also makes me wonder if, if that is the popular consensus, if it's surprising that it's actually only two, you know, I guess I'm going to quote unquote play it safe though. And say that he's been in five. Jason Statham has been in five of the 13 Guy Ritchie movies. 
Correct. All right. He was obviously in Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels. He played one of the main characters in Snatch. Uh, he was in the movie Revolver. And then he was in a movie called Wrath of Man that came out last year, which is one of the ones I haven't seen yet. And then he was in the movie that just came out, Operation Fortune, Ruse de Guerre. Oh, so he is in that one, and I, I wasn't yep. listening? Yeah. I wasn't listening slash so. what slash didn't remember. I to be honest, it's it's that I'm bad at listening. I will admit that, and I'm bad at paying attention to details. And I got stuck <laughs> on Aubrey Plaza, and then on uh, on Bugsy, what's his name? <laughs> so he he went from using Statham all the time to there was like a thirteen or fourteen year period where he didn't, and now he's using him all the time. Well. I have a, it's not the next question that would have been really great if I did, but I have a question somewhat similar about the actors used uh, for Tarantino. But um, are you ready to move on to number three regardless? Yeah. All right. Uh, I'm two for three. You're 0 for two. Let's see if you can get this one right. It's a true or false. True or false. I believe we've talked about this in some form before. Maybe I'm wrong. Quentin Tarantino graduated from the same high school as Kevin, me being Kevin. Quentin Tarantino graduated from the same high school as me. Is that true or false? I feel like that's true, but I may have to go back like 39 episodes. So. <laughs> yeah, that's right. To the, to the, yeah, this is episode 40, by the way, which is amazing. Yeah. And you're referencing the first episode where we literally quizzed each other on each other. That, that may have been when it came up. Or when we were doing our hometowns. Yeah. I was wondering if it came up last week at all, if I said anything about this, but okay. So again, the question being Quentin Tarantino graduated from the same high school as Kevin. Is that true or is that false? I'm just going to go with true. <sighs> you locking it in? Yep. That is incorrect. It was a little bit tricky uh, because Quentin Tarantino did not graduate uh, from the same high school. He dropped out. <clears throat> it was kind of like the die question last week. It was one word that changed it. He did go to Narbonne High School, which is my alma mater. He dropped out when he was 15, though. Which is interesting because Guy Ritchie says he got kicked out of school at 15. Wow, how funny. Like, like what he's, the reason he got kicked out is different than what his dad says he got kicked out for. Oh, really? Uh, There's a certain, like, as you're looking for that... Like, I would never encourage somebody to drop out of school. Never. That is not what I'm saying. But when All you right. when you look in hindsight at someone like Tarantino or Guy Ritchie, there is a certain element of, okay, they probably, they A, didn't really need it. They clearly were a success without it. And B, like, mm -hmm. their minds were developed in a different way. I'm not saying better or worse, right. just on a different level to where school didn't make sense to them. And maybe it was better that they got out when they did, you know? <laughs> yeah, he was expelled at... 15. Wow. He claimed that it was because of drug use. Okay. His dad says it was because he was cutting class and entertaining a girl in his room. Oh, interesting. <laughs> and it was probably both. <laughs> it was probably all of the above. Probably. <laughs> yeah, Tarantino didn't get kicked out. He it's it, he was born, oh shoot, I already forgot where he was born. I should look it up just to me. I believe it was Tennessee. Yeah, Knoxville, Tennessee. But they yeah, they moved to the South Bay, which is this is part of the reason I have a, a, an affinity to Quentin Tarantino because he mm -hmm. not only grew up, spent the majority of his upbringing in the South Bay, which is kind of a lesser-known area of L.A. in general. I mean, I'm talking Torrance, Carson, bleeding into Inglewood, and a lot of his movies then take place in these areas. So so um, Jackie Brown, for example, which I just finally watched last night, the entire thing takes place where I grew up. Probably the most, uh, I guess, exciting, the, the, the most fun part of that movie is a sequence of scenes that take place at Delamo Mall in Torrance, which is the mall I grew up going to <laughs> with my best friend Danny. This is what we did in high school. We would get dropped off at the mall and just walk around there. And it was 
it was actually really amazing to watch this movie because that mall, Delamo Mall, looks nothing like that anymore. They've, in fact, at right. the time, it was one of the, it was the largest indoor mall in America. So it was already really renowned, but they've since expanded and made it a, it's a beautiful mall now. But walking around, it made me feel like I was in high school walking around with Danny going into the gap and, you know, like, but, um, yeah, I really love that uh, his his films take place in the neighborhood that I grew up. So I have to admit that bias mm -hmm. a bit. I get that. So Guy Ritchie, true or false? He has a black belt in judo. Okay, true or false? My instant instinct is say true. That sounds so badass. But I'm wondering if it's similar to my question where it's just there's one word that's different. For example, he has a black belt in something else. Karate? I'm going to go I'm going to go out on a limb and choose false and say that he has a black belt in something else. So I'm choosing false. Oh, I mean, you are correct in that he does have a black belt in something else. Okay. But he also okay. has a black belt in judo. Wow, so he's quite well equipped. Yeah, he he has a black belt in both Shotokan karate as well as judo. And then he also has a black belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Amazing. <laughs> And he's also said that he can speak Hebrew as well. It's possible that his being able to speak Hebrew is from when he was married to Madonna. Oh, no way. Uh, uh -huh. Back in the early 2000s, um, because she was, I don't know if she still is, but she was part of the offshoot of Judaism. I forget what it was called, but. So um, are you saying Madonna they, was in line to be the Queen of England at some point when they were married? No. Is that? <laughs> no. <laughs> Guy Ritchie doesn't even have a peerage. <laughs> He's just a common person that his parents happen to marry people. <laughs> if you take nothing else away from this podcast, just know that Guy Ritchie and Madonna could have been the king and queen of England at one point. So anything else you got, John? <laughs> <laughs> That's it. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. So I just, I think I'm two for four now and you're 0 for three. So you got to, you got to yeah. do some work here. Number four on Quentin Tarantino. How many Oscars has Quentin Tarantino won? Two, four, six, or eight. And again, this is Tarantino himself. This does not include if any of his actors won or or it's it's that Tarantino won them himself. Has he won two, four, six, or eight Oscars? I'm just going to go with two. Locking it in, not going to overthink it? Yep. That is correct. Yay! His two Oscar wins are for Pulp Fiction, Best Original Screenplay, and Django Unchained, Best Original Screenplay. But yeah, he's never won for Best Director, which I guess isn't crazy surprising considering the polarization and all, but uh, we'll see what he has in his future, I guess. All right, well, um, you stayed alive with getting that one right. You're one for four. Mm -hmm. I'm two for four going into number five. I have to miss this to, for you to try to force a tie. So, uh, you know, I mentioned how uh, he was married to Madonna for a time. Mm -hmm. uh, and during that time, he made some movies. What movie starred his then-wife... Madonna, Rock and Rolla, Swept Away, Wrath of Man, or Revolver? Oh, so when I saw these choices, when I saw the question, and as I was looking at the choices, I was like, okay, I don't know this, but I bet you I'm going to know once I see it. I don't. I don't know it. I, don't, I have no clue what it is. I remember Revolver. I don't think I'm familiar with any of these other movies. Uh, Rock and Rolla, Swept Away, Wrath of Man, Revolver. <sighs> And my familiarity with Revolver is really just that I know it's a movie. You know, I, right. I, I can't picture it. So I don't know if Madonna's in it. I mean, if it starred Madonna, there's a chance. I mean, I hate to 
you know, minimize a, a woman star being in this way, but like there's probably some kind of love aspect. That's why I'm leaning towards swept away, but I could be way off on that. I'm going to choose swept away, lock it in, see what happens. Oh, I got it. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I mean, outside of his last two movies that have come out last year and this year, and I've kind of seen Aladdin. That's the only movie of his that I have not seen. Oh, swept away. Are you not really interested in seeing it? I mean, I suppose it was nominated for the Golden Raspberry Award. Oh no way! <laughs> uh, for worst screenplay <laughs> and worst director. So yeah, it doesn't that. It doesn't make it jump out at you as a film you want to go and, nah. and watch when you have an option. Yeah, yeah. As good of a musician as Madonna is, I don't think she's that great of an actress from what I've heard. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm not. I've never been a big fan of Madonna's, and I don't. I don't really have a solid reason why I'm realizing as I as I grow older. And so I to give credit where credit's due, like I think the only movie I've seen her in is A League of Their Own, and she's actually pretty fantastic in it. I think she plays right. she plays that character so well. And so I don't know. I mean it's just because I other than I think I kinda like the song Ray of Light. But other than that, I don't think I like any Madonna songs. It's it's not that I hate them. It's not like it's nails on a chalkboard, but I'm just I'm not a fan. All right. But that's the only that's the only role I've seen her in, so I can't really attest to anything else. Um I'm trying to think. I know I'm asking myself this question. I'll ask you while I'm thinking about it. Do you what mm-hmm. what's your favorite Guy Ritchie movie? Oh. I know, it's hard to pick, right? Because I'm thinking about that for Tarantino, what my favorite is, and that's a hard one for me to pick. Yeah, I mean, Snatch is always up there. Mm. Because Snatch was kind of the first one that got me into the Guy Ritchie movies. Mm-hmm. I've always been a big fan of Sherlock Holmes and uh-huh. any iteration, and so I mean, those are fun movies. Uh, the Gentleman is is really good too. So you know it. Yeah. It's like pick a day and ask you that right. question. It's going to change day to day. I think. Yeah. That, I think that's how I am with Tarantino. Like I think if I had to pick. A one and only, it would probably be Kill Bill Volume One. And that's a little more of a nostalgia factor because I was in mm-hmm. like my freshman year of college and I remember watching that with my best friends. And I think the the imagery in that is probably the strongest of any of his movies. And so it was very much in my wheelhouse at that time. But like you, I'm looking at this list, I'm like, oh, Django Unchained was so good. I even like The Hateful Eight, which doesn't get a lot of attention. Right. That movie just really was like, whoa. Pulp Fiction, Reservoir Dogs, amazing. It's it's like, it's so hard to pick, um, which is why, yeah. why we're quizzing, why we're doing this quiz, because we're such big yeah. fans. Okay, well, we are going to wrap up the quizzes. I already won the episode, but let's see how you do on the last question, which is mm-hmm. number five on Quentin Tarantino. Which actor has appeared in the most Quentin Tarantino films? Is it? Leonardo DiCaprio, Harvey Keitel, Samuel L. Jackson, Michael Madsen. Am I allowed to look up names to put them with faces? Yeah, you can. Okay. I'm guessing it's Harvey it, Keitel and or Michael Madsen. Yeah, I know the name Harvey Keitel. Yeah. I can't think of the face. And Michael Madsen, I've not heard of. Yeah, so Har- uh, Harvey Keitel, as you're looking him up, most famous role in a, is uh, probably Pulp Fiction, where he was the wolf. He was the guy who went and um, cleaned up the, spoiler alert, but the guy who gets his brains blown out in the back seat right. of the car. And Michael Madsen, you would know him from, if, if you've seen Reservoir Dogs, he's the guy who, spoiler alert, does the dance and uh, the, the iconic dance and slices the dude's ear off. I, I won't say much more because I don't want to spoil whether he's been right. in other movies or not. He, I don't think Michael Madsen is a household name, but no. if you've seen Tarantino movies, you know his face. I know, like, I know DiCaprio's been in two, at least two. He was in Django Unchained and then uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I don't think he was in anything else. 
Same for Samuel Jackson. I know he's in at least two Pulp Fiction and The Hateful Eight. I think it's coming down to actually Harvey Keitel or Michael Madsen, depending based off of what you've said. Hmm. The interesting thing about this, as you're thinking, is technically this is. I, I'm not going to make this a trick question. Technically, none of these people are the right answer because the correct answer would be Quentin Tarantino himself. Right. He's actually appeared in more Quentin Tarantino movies than any other person. But people whose by profession predominantly are actors is what I'm is what I'm going with here. Right. I'm gonna go with Harvey Keitel. No, Michael Madsen. Michael Madsen is your choice. Yep. You are incorrect. He does have the second most, but you'll be happy to know that. Harvey Keitel is not the next most, so you wouldn't have gotten it either way. Samuel L. Jackson took the crown. Which one am I missing? Pulp is Fiction. He Jackie? He's in Jackie Brown. Yep. He's a pretty prominent role in Jackie Brown. Yeah. Pulp Fiction, Jackie Brown. He does make an appearance in Kill Bill 2. He's the piano player at the, if you've seen Kill Bill, at the chapel. Now, this is this gets a little tricky, but it does, I mean, Harvey Keitel got a credit for the same thing. In, uh, in mm -hmm. Glorious Bastards, he's the narrator, which I, I'm not even sure if he <laughs> narrates the whole thing or if he just narrates a certain part but his voice is in the movie as a narrator. He is in Django Unchained as the, he's Leonardo okay. DiCaprio's like right-hand man in the, I forget the term right. for it. And he's like such a hated character in that movie. Um, he's in The Hateful Eight, like you said. And he, he actually didn't get a credit for this, but rumor is, so this doesn't count as one of his six movies. In Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, there's apparently his voice is in it yelling bad mother effer which is kind of, you know, kind of his tagline. Um, Michael Madsen, who again, I know some of you didn't know his, his name mm -hmm. or face. Some of you don't. He's been in five of his movies. Uh, I don't have the list here, but I know he was in Reservoir Dogs and both Kill Bills and I think Hateful Eight. So yeah, he's, I think of him as he's, he plays Bill's brother in, um, in the Kill Bill movies. And I think he does such a great job in that role. Yeah. So we'll return next week. Um, as my mm -hmm. dog barks in the background, she's trying to let you know that we are on Patreon. So if you'd like to support us, we really, we really appreciate that. Please follow us on the socials. Any support yeah. is huge for us. We're a podcast that's trying to grow. So if there's any ideas that you have that can make us reach another human being, please don't hesitate to do that. We appreciate your support. And uh, yep. John, we're going to catch you next week. Yep. See ya. Bye. It's the Lack of Genius Podcast in your ear holes at last. They don't know they're Mars and Venus, that's why it's the Lack of Genius Podcast. We just caught our first leprechaun, didn't we, boys?